All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we're recording here Tuesday night for our Wednesday, August 30th episode, episode number 93. And we are like one week and change away from the fantasy season. Uh, so we're right around the corner here. I know I'm getting really excited. Uh, a couple drafts coming up here. Uh, we got our big charity draft coming up here. We're going to be announcing names. If not tomorrow, it'll come out Thursday. I know like we're saying like the episode drops Wednesday. So they'll be either coming out Wednesday or be coming out Thursday, which is going to be exciting to get those names of the teams out there and set the draft day. Uh, but we are literally, well, I guess when this episode drops, we're going to be eight days away from uh, from season kickoff where the Lions take on the Chiefs. So uh, it's an exciting time. Draft, everybody's drafting. Either they've already drafted, they're in the middle of drafting, they have drafts coming up, uh, talking ADP, doing mock drafts. It's a, it's a really fun time of year. So a um, couple fun things we're going to talk about this episode. Uh, we just got a fun, quick question. Uh, something a little bit different, just uh, off the beaten path, something a little bit different than we normally would. And then we have our bold predictions episode. So we're talking about who we think is going to win uh, each division, who we think will be in the Super Bowl, who will win the Super Bowl, and then some dark horses on offensive rookies of the year, et cetera, et cetera. But um, Armand is hard at practice this week. I know they're doing, uh, they've got their training camp coming up, but they're doing late practices. Uh, so we just, myself and Zach for this episode, I know Zach, you guys have practice a little bit earlier today. Um, and I, I don't know if, Right now, like it's in the evening, it's like 31 degrees. So I don't know if it's if it's still a little bit better right now than it was for your guys' training camp uh, earlier today. But uh, at least you said you're sitting in front of the fan for a couple hours before we started hitting record button. But you cooled down yet or what? Yeah, like I said uh, a little while ago, I, I do not envy the kids. I do not envy the players uh, standing around, holding a bag, throwing a football. That was more than enough activity for me to break a sweat. I can't imagine doing doing suicides and doing all that stuff. So credit to the kids. And uh, yeah, you're right. Like it's uh, not a lot cooler now than it was at say four o'clock. So hopefully Armin and the guys there at St. Mary's are a little bit cooler than we were this, this afternoon. This is uh this is a fun time to be a, a high school teacher, man. Like I, I remember the, I mean, school startup, <laughs> say what you want what school startup uh it's a tough time you know summer is ending you're going back to work and stuff but at the same time school startup means football season's around the corner and you get the kids out for the first couple practices and then you get your your training camp game or your exhibition game and then seasons go full goal man that's uh that's good stuff we we're at we were at the school today and going to catch up with a couple of football coaches at the the high school there that i used to teach at and it, it was fun to talk shop and and kind of see where they're going i know you guys are like they're doing a separation obviously and and i know we know what we're talking about people listening uh maybe not so much but where like our rural teams here in saskatchewan especially in north saskatchewan they always played in the saskatoon league and they're actually separating this year so they're going to have their own two separate entities a couple crossover games here and there but they'll be a saskatoon league champion and they'll be a rural champion so it's going to be a different season for for high school football but uh exciting time nonetheless so i know do you who's your guys's crossover game zach for the for the rural do you remember uh we actually don't do a crossover game um like not every saskatoon would get that opportunity yeah i guess it's not enough rural teams yeah so like i think it goes in uh every two-year cycle so like next year we would we would have either a home or away game against one of those five teams yeah exciting time i'm, I'm curious on how it's all going to work out and 
Um, I know it'll be a lot of fun to watch the the North versus North, whatever semifinal or quarterfinal, or whatever that provincial final is going to be. So it's an exciting time, regardless if for those high school kids that are listening out there, good luck with your upcoming football seasons. But we'll get things started here with our 22 fresh quick question of the week. And this one's one I wanted to put on the docket for a while, but I know it can be a little bit on the longer, maybe not the most quick question we could possibly put out. But with the uh, the duration of this episode, it's not going to be super long. It's just one of those ones that's uh little shorter in comparison as we're as we're leading into the fantasy season but this one is who would be on your Mount Rushmore of favorite either NFL or fantasy players and for those of you that aren't familiar with Mount Rushmore there's four famous heads so in this one you'd have four famous players or four of your favorite players or four of your favorite fantasy players or whatever it may be a combination of um on, on those individuals who would you be putting on the faces of of the mountain as your favorite player so uh zach just the two of us here you might as well take it away here and share your uh fantasy or nfl mount rushmore yeah so i went favorite nfl players and as a pats fan i've been very spoiled over the past 20 plus years um so my mount rushmore kind of looks like a who's who of uh <laughs> 2000s and 2010 uh NFL stats. So yeah, soon to be Hall of Famer, soon to be Hall of Famer. <laughs> Questionable, yeah. maybe Hall of Famer. Definitely what's called the Ring of Honor and yeah. then Hall of Famer. So yeah. there shouldn't be any surprises here. <laughs> so you can't you can't do a Mount Rushmore of any successful NFL players and not include Tom Brady. So that's the first one that we're we're chiseling in stone. And then uh Ocho or Rob Gronkowski himself. Um whatever his, his goofy Ocho seven Oh name nickname is. I don't know, but Rob, Rob Gronkowski for sure has to be up there in my mind, the best tight end to ever play the game. He'll get it done through the air, uh, but also in the run game. So Gronk has to be up there. Um, and then I went with my favorite NFL player, uh, Julian Edelman, uh, while likely not a NFL Hall of Famer, certainly a, a Patriots Hall of Famer, a Patriots Ring of Honor member, uh, that guy was just tough as nails, gritty, and uh, has a great personality. Um, whereas like Gronk's pretty childish, uh, Edelman will give like some really insightful but like really witty answers uh, to the media. And now as a media personality, it's really cool to listen to him. And then for a while there in the late 2000s, I was absolutely spoiled as a Pats fan. Um, I had the greatest quarterback of all time and arguably the greatest receiver of all time, Randy Moss, uh, together in their primes. Uh, it's a shame they couldn't have played longer together, but <clears throat> it was it was like playing Madden sometimes, watching those games in 07, just seeing Tom just rip it from deep in his own end, 50, 60 yards to a wide open Randy Moss was, was outstanding. So those would be the four, the four heads uh, on my personal Mount Rushmore. So sidebar about uh, Jules there. Do you have his children's book? Uh, have we talked about that book on the podcast? Uh, I do not have Edelman's children's book. The, uh, is it like the flying squirrel or yeah, something like red, that? The red gloves. Yeah. <laughs> I do I not. They talk about it in the um help me out here. What's the show called? Um oh they recap the Super Bowl champions every year and then oh, America's America's game. 
game, yeah. Yeah, they talked about it in whichever of the seven rings that him and Tom got. Uh, they talk about his one children's book there. And yeah, I thought if there's one person that would have, that'd be Zach. But I guess maybe that might be a gift for when <laughs> yeah. the eventual baby shower that'll come in the upcoming years of, of Zach Strong's life. Um, my Mine's a little bit different because I think I of this list, there's one Hall of Famer, one probable Hall of Famer, one maybe Hall of Famer, and then one that's not going to stand a chance. Maybe. <laughs> maybe a ring of honor as zach mentioned but uh with no surprise here my number one i went with is matthew stafford that's uh he's my favorite player of all time uh he'll always be my favorite player even as a ram i still cheered for him obviously in the super bowl um the trade obviously was with you know mixed emotions um wanted him to still be a lion but as he went to the rams you knew it was for him to go succeed and chase a ring so was was still cheering for him super happy he got the ring I would like to see him continue some success without injury and maybe even get another ring or, or start bringing some more statistics so that maybe he could be a hall of famer. I think he's very much um, the resume is close, but I think he's on the outside looking in as, as a hall of famer, but uh, still has been my favorite player. Uh, Next on that list is Calvin Johnson. Uh, That one kind of speaks for itself. Uh, Megatron. That's how I ended up becoming. I I think I've told that story in the pod a couple of times. That's how I ended up becoming a Lions fan was my very first fantasy draft. I, decided whoever I drafted first that'd be the team I cheer for and and I drafted Megatron and then I became a Lions fan and and watching him was electric I still have it was a week one against the Bengals when he went into triple coverage and pulled that one in I was in university watching that one I was having a have a grand old time on that one um and then this one's a bit of a you know surprise me if you are like if you know me quite well then maybe you know this one I actually have his jersey um my one of my other favorite players was Marvin Jones Jr. It's been kind of nice that he's now come back to the Lions. He'll end up retiring a line here, whether it be at the end of this season or the end of the upcoming season. And uh, with the Jameson Williams suspension, he actually might even have a bit of a role early in this year. Uh, but I used to love, uh, I used to love Marvin Jones because he had those big boom weeks and he was super reliable and he was always, a, always a screaming value in fantasy. Um, so I, I don't know. He was always one of my favorite players, especially as a Lions fan. And then the fourth one, I kind of had a hard time because I was like, do I pick like, I don't know, I could pick a Monroe St. Brown, but like, he's still pretty fresh, like two seasons in, it's hard to say he'd be one of my favorites. Uh, and then I thought about Cooper Cup because I really used to like Cooper Cup and Jared Goff, even when they were on the Rams. Loki used to kind of cheer for the Rams a little bit too, um, especially when they're explosive. That 2018 season, we talked about it at length. They were explosive and and fantasy like super or fantasy like superstars. Um, I know Zach, you had the stack and ripped through our ripped through our league that one year. I think you had those two, and you had Todd Gurley. You had three of the three of the Rams, and yeah, it was, you had a super stack there. Um, but I went with Travis Kelsey. And before I put Travis Kelsey, I actually almost put Tony Gonzalez because I used to love watching him. Like he was a superstar before obviously Kelsey. And he used to go and put like those big dunks and all kinds of, oh man, it was fun to watching him, uh, the touchdown celebration. But Travis Kelsey, I put that down as more of a fantasy player, even though his antics are are fun to watch and childish, kind of like you mentioned about Rob Gronkowski. But um, one of my big leagues I drafted uh, the startup draft, I drafted Kelsey in that league and he has just like made my team superior every year, every year, every year, because he's just been so good. So it's been a pleasure having him on my team for all these years. And so I kind of went with more of a, a fantasy cap on that one, but um, I know Armin didn't quite, he got a couple things on the dock here. Like I said, he's not here today, but um, Zach, if you had to try and guess a couple players, who do you think would be on his uh, Mount Rushmore? I'm a, a- AP would be one of them for sure. Oh, you think like I was thinking 
Kenneth Walker, Zach Charbonnet, Rashad Penny, Rashad and Penny. JJ and JJ. <laughs> JJ for sure. AP maybe. Yeah. Rashad like, Penny's Rashad Penny's a dunk. <laughs> yeah. Like without question, like A D should be there, deservably should be there. Yeah. But like it's no secret how the guy feels about those three former Seattle Seahawks running backs. We'll just say Kirk Cousins, just so if he actually listens to this one, <laughs> yeah. he actually has like a rage fit driving to work. <laughs> we say Kirk Cousins. Oh man, that'd be outstanding. Um, we'll dive into a couple things here. We got our insiders and headliners. A couple things just to talk about. Um, I guess before we get started on that, if you want to have a good giggle, go and like look on like Roto World or like Sleeper or whatever. All the like the all these like super bums old players that are just getting released on this cutdown day. It's it's actually kind of comical, but we'll get it, we'll get into a couple of the bigger ones here. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. So maybe you can talk to this one, Zach, because this was a head scratcher for me. Because last night I was actually reading an article about the, the three quarterback rule or whatever, where you had the 53-man roster and you can carry an extra quarterback with no like no penalty against your cap or whatever, or against your your roster so i was reading this article about how malik was going to be their like unofficial carry and they would have whatever like I, I was literally reading this article last night about the patriots and then all of a sudden this morning they cut every single quarterback <laughs> that was not named mac jones so what is happening with the patriots right now like i'm assuming they're going to go after a veteran backup like uh, i think it was, like hoyer just got cut or something like that like, um, some of these backup you know older guys colt mccoy is another name but like what what's going on with the patriots right now I could I could go and do like an entire episode on on this alone, um, but to keep it short, um, I think right now to start the season it was just like a numbers game. Um, their offensive line had some holes going into the off season, and they decided seemingly they decided to solve the holes not with quality but with quantity. And then to start training camp, like all those guys they they brought back or signed got injured. Uh, their first preseason game, they had one starter from last year start the game, and he sucks. So like it was tough. So they kept eleven offensive linemen. They just traded for two of them, so they kept eleven offensive linemen. That's like twenty percent of the team right there. So I think that had a lot to do with it. They also kept six wide receivers, which is very uncommon. Usually the Pats would keep four or five, but both both of their rookies, Douglas and Butte, um, probably wouldn't make it through waivers. So everything I've read is that uh, Taekwon Thornton is injured and they couldn't have put him IR on IR during the regular the preseason without him missing the entire season. So they had to... Um, keep them on the initial roster so they could put them on IR for four weeks. And then it gets down to the two quarterbacks. You're absolutely right. Um, it is a bit of a head scratcher, but like just because you had Zappy and you had Zappy as the backup last year and you invested a fourth round pick in Zappy doesn't mean he's good. He sucked. Like he had a horrible preseason. And he had one really explosive game in the regular season last year. And that like, yeah. End of list. So he was awful this preseason. Um, it seems like from what I understand is he tried to tinker with his mechanics in the off season. And as a result, like his throwing motions just 
garbage right now. He's missing throws that he should be making. Um, so it's just not great. So I wouldn't be shocked if after they put Thornton on IR that they look to bring either Cunningham or, or Zappy back, assuming Zappy makes it through waivers, which I don't think will happen. Yeah. Um, but really at the end of the day, like you're rolling with Mac, Mac goes down. This team's not good enough to compete without Mac, probably not good enough to really compete with Mac, especially so, in that division. Certainly. So like, as soon as I saw Colt McCoy get cut yesterday, I thought, geez, like that's, that, that piques my interest. I'd feel a lot better with Colt McCoy going in than Bailey Zappi. And that's saying something because like Colt McCoy is not setting the world on fire here. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people that don't even know who Malik Cunningham is and he looks substantially better than Zappi did this preseason. At least he can make some magic happen with his legs, but like nobody knows who Malik Cunningham is. (laughs) So like, I would, I would hope, that they can get, you know, Hoyer or McCoy, like you mentioned, um, on the active roster in the coming days, get Cunningham on the practice roster because, like, neither Zappy, Hoyer, McCoy, or Mac is going to simulate these athletic rushing quarterbacks that the Pats have to face, whereas Cunningham can. So, yeah, I, I was going to, my one thought was that they're hoping that one, if not both, would clear waivers and make it to the practice squad. And I've, quote me if I'm wrong, was, hasn't Hoyer been the backer for the Pats before? Like twice. Yeah. He signed as an undrafted free agent like ages ago, was there for a long time, uh, got released or got cut or whatever, or signed somewhere else. Like Houston kind of bounced around Cleveland, I think. Yeah, came Cleveland. back, came back. Um, for sure, once more, came back and he was competing with Stidman and, uh, or Stidham and uh, Newton there, like, in 21. That's right, yeah. That's and then right. he was there last year and he, he lost to Zappi. So he's been, for, he's been there for sure, like, in two separate instances. Maybe three. I wouldn't be shocked if it was three, actually. <laughs> just, just the dog you keep kicking out that keeps coming back. <laughs> well, he's that, like. That comes back. There was a lot of conversation uh, last offseason. Like, you got Patricia and you got uh, Judge there. Neither of them really know offense. Like, they should have kept Hoyer as, like, the unofficial, quote, unquote, like, yeah. OC, or at yeah. the very least, like, quarterback coach, right? At least the guy's been around enough that he knows the Patriot offense. Right. Um, two other things we'll mention quick here. Both are pup related. The one not surprising is the Kyler Murray being placed on the pup. Uh, I was optimistic that he wow. might play um, earlier than that, like uh, maybe week two, maybe week three. Um, now, just for people that are unaware, uh, the pup is different in the preseason than it is in the regular season. In the preseason, you can go up and down, up and down, up and down. It doesn't matter. But in the uh, in the regular season, once you're placed on the pup, it's a four week, uh, four week minimum. Uh, so that means that Kyler Murray for sure will miss the first four weeks. Um, I know we talked about a little bit when we were drafting the other day. I I spent my very last pick on him uh, just as a flyer, put him on the put him on your IR, and then hope to bring him back and he'll be good. But there's there's some rumors that he might not even play this year, and they might go full tank mode. They've already started unloading a lot of players off their roster, so um, something interesting to monitor as we start progressing throughout obviously the uh, the season. 
Uh, and then the other one was we we had our last quick question of the week last week was where is Jonathan Taylor going to play? And I guess the answer is Indianapolis. Uh, as of right now, at least they they put a timeline on when they were going to stop fielding trade calls and move forward with him. Uh, that was before you had to put place him on the active pup. Um, no trade was done. Miami sounded like they were close, but uh, there's a couple other teams that like the Rams and the Eagles uh, all had shown interest as well. Um, but nobody came, to, nobody, I guess, gave the offer that was good enough. And he has now been placed on the pup as well, too, which is super unfortunate. I did not realize that was going to happen. Uh, I have him on two dynasty teams and we drafted, was it yesterday? Last night? No, two nights ago. Two nights ago. Yeah, two nights ago. And I took him. I was like, man, he was falling through the draft, like falling, falling, falling. I was like, okay, this is great value. I'm going to take JT. Maybe he ends up on an unreal roster. No, he ends up on the pop. So now I have no JT for four weeks. So uh, less than ideal on that one. So if you are drafting, um, and, and obviously this, this weekend is like the biggest draft weekend of the year. If you're drafting, that's going to be a big one to be paying attention to because you might, if you, if you still think he's going to be a really good fantasy value, he might fall down draft boards, but if that scares you a little bit and that injury, you know, he didn't do anything the preseason, like zero preseason. And then now he's going to miss four weeks on the pop. Then he's going to be coming back into week five. Uh, it's a little bit concerning. So uh, if you are concerned about the injury, unless you're getting him at a, at a decent value, I'd be trying to avoid him. I think a little bit, especially if he's in that like great now he's, mid to late second i think we got him in the third i think in the in that last draft there uh but like unless he's getting into the fourth or the fifth round like are, are you comfortable would you be comfortable taking him as your rb2 zach even like or like rb1 right now like that's risky as all can be but rb2 like is that still like a decent enough value to, to take a swing with him uh i guess it really depends on kind of like how you're how you're doing like your roster um like rb2 on like a zero rb team obviously yeah. yeah um yeah probably i i think so like i think the the uh the juice is worth the squeeze as it were like waiting even if it is four weeks like waiting that waiting that first month and then for the last 10 weeks of the season you have you know a potential the potential rb1 in fantasy here's throw a couple names at you just quick we don't have to not analyze it but just quick jonathan taylor or jalen waddle give me give me a running back names okay jonathan taylor or amandre stevenson stevenson okay jonathan taylor or alvin kamara almost same situation kamara's missing three weeks but he's getting drafted like a six seventh round yeah give me jt because jt can be rb1 whereas kamara's like and he's an rb2 JT, you can at least put on the IR where Kamara, he's soaking up a roster spot. Um, let's go one more. Let's go like JT and, um, oh my goodness, he was drafted him from Carolina. He's played for uh, Sanders. Ford. Sanders, that's a good little comp there. That's yeah, a, that one's it, actually not terrible. Um, I I think I'd still go with with JT and then just hope that you can get like a, a backfill RB, your RB3 that you can confidently start for whatever it is the four weeks that he's gone yeah, because just because of pure upside i guess yeah like i i did just draft miles sanders as my rb2 um i know full well that like miles sanders is going to be a rb2 on my team and in the nfl most likely or like in like the greater scheme of things in rb2 and like yeah taylor just has that upside where he could be the running back one on the season yeah 
is this you just got to make sure he's coming back healthy it's just a scary yeah. proposition so as long as you're getting the the fair round value i guess yeah, you got to dra- you got to draft a you might have to draft a running back three earlier than you would have otherwise yeah somebody like a cam Akers a few rounds later or a Pacheco, maybe somebody that you can like confidently start later on in yeah. the, or like start later or draft later on in the draft that you can start the first month of the season for sure um okay we'll go into our i guess that's all we were like like, like i said if you want a good giggle go look at like roto world or all those like other like major fantasy platforms it's pretty funny some of the names like the cole beasley's that are getting cut and like the the veteran guys or the guys that had no like uh antonio calloway or marquis calloway whatever the hell's name i can't remember i can't remember his first name maybe it's all three of them i don't even know but there's like guys like that like the veteran get cut picked up get cut type type players uh it's it was so funny looking through like some of the on some of the things that aren't reported on like TSN or like your major like ESPN, but then you go look on these ones. It's, it's a good giggle, but uh, we'll go into our segment here. And this is our, our bull predictions. We're talking about division winners and league awards. Um, Now for simplicity's sake, for all of the division winners, Zach and I actually picked all the exact same teams, which is kind of like, I guess anticlimactic that it's just me and him on the pod today. Armin did put his teams in there. So as we're going through it, we'll say who he picked, but obviously can't give an, an analysis for it. But Zach and I'll kind of go back and forth a little bit on some of the teams that we picked and, and maybe some the way we got there. But the first one we started with was the NFC North. Uh, and for those of you that are unfamiliar with the NFC North, you're looking at the Chicago bears, you're looking at green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, and the Detroit lions. Um, Zach and I both went with the Detroit Lions. Armin went with the Minnesota Vikings. And this this one feels like like everybody's gonna say, Oh, Jordan, Lions, like that's a homer pick, but it's like, no, like this isn't actually a homer's pick. Like the Lions are the betting odds on favorites to win this division, and they're actually like pretty respectable. I think they're number eight or nine. I talked about last week on the pod to for Super Bowl favorites. So like this team is projected to be good. They missed the playoffs last year by I'm going to say technicality, but basically it was by like splitting hairs between them and Green Bay and Seattle. Uh, Seattle beat the Rams at the two o'clock game to eliminate the Lions. But then if Green Bay won at seven o'clock, then they got in. But if they lost the Lions, they both missed it. Like it was kind of fun TV to watch at least. But um, I talked about my why I think the Lions are taking a step forward next year or this upcoming season. Sorry, their their offense is the same, if not better. Like you're looking at some of the positions like Goff. You look at some of the positions like Amonra. They didn't have Jamison for most of the season last year. Anyways, and they were still good. Khalif Raymond was a really nice like spot start kind of flex player for fantasy. But then they got better at two two running back positions. I think Jameer Gibbs is better than Swift, especially as a pass catcher. And they might and they're talking about how much they're gonna utilize him in the slot. Where I talked about how I think Montgomery is a better running back than Jamison Williams. Um, I think the Lions, and then they they added some aspects to the defense, especially in the secondary where they were the one of, if not the worst, in the NFL. So I think this team's going to take a step forward. And the big elephant in the room is that the team that's won the division, what is it, seven of the last eight years or eight of the last nine years, the Green Bay Packers. Obviously, Rodgers has moved on, and we don't know what we're getting with Jordan Love. So um, the Vikings, I also think, was like one of the worst. Um, division winning teams like a worst like a, was it a 12 and 5 or 11 and 6 or whatever they were um well they got exposed by the giants in, in the playoffs so um I, I i guess i can leave it at that i could talk about the lions for as much <laughs> as i need here but uh that's where i'm at um uh zach you want to talk about the nfc south 
yeah, the the South is maybe the the opposite of the NFC North, where I I could have put down three teams as potential winners from the NFC North, where the NFC South I could have put down all four teams, but not for the good reason, not because there's three or four good teams. It's just doggy doo doo in that division. It's not great. Um, we got the Saints, uh, the Panthers the Buccaneers and the Falcons. Um, not exactly the who's who of NFL high scoring offenses. So I went with the team that I think has the best quarterback and the team that I think will have the best overall offense in the New Orleans Saints. Um, I have them winning not because they're necessarily a great team, but mainly because they are the best team in a just otherwise awful division. They have one of the best schedules too. I think we talked about that last episode, but I, I had a hard time. I, I almost went Falcons just because like they're like a wild card, I think in this division, but yeah, I, I agree through the saints. Um, Armand for, for those of you at home went, went saints as well too. So it cleared the board. Uh, next is the NFC East. Um, this one's no surprise. We all went Eagles, even though I think Armand later on, he has a little bit of a Cowboys take later on there too, but, uh, we all went Eagles. Uh, they just got better. The only question mark I think you can have with the Eagles is they have some new, a new OC, I think a new DC as well too, but, um, well, they have the same studs and they draft like the entire Georgia um, national championship team. So obviously a couple of those guys are going to hit. So their team's just going to get better. So uh, out of the NFC, you got the Eagles, you got the Cowboys, you got the Washington football team commanders, whatever they are now going back to changing names or, or whatever it is. And then the the New York Giants and, and we all went Eagles. NFC West, uh, take this one away, Zach. Yeah, NFC West, this one was again, a bit of a sweep uh, for the three of us. Uh, the NFC West is made up of the 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Rams. And this one was tough for me. I was really split on the Niners and Seahawks. I do like the Seahawks quite a bit, but I ended up going with the Niners because I think to be the best, you probably have to beat the best. And right now, the Niners are still considered the best team in that division. Um even though quarterback would probably be their weakest link, I think. Um, but their defense and their ground game should be enough to propel them as long as Brock Purdy can come back to what he was to end the year. If that injury that he suffered um, in the playoffs is lingering or it flares up in any, in any way, I might want to revisit this one pretty soon. But for right now, I think the Niners are the team to beat in that division. Yeah, they were they were a quarterback away from the Super Bowl. I, I legitimately think that if Purdy was healthy, they were going to beat Philadelphia. Like they were just rolling at that point, and they were like kind of hanging in that game even without a quarterback. So I, I legitimately think that they obviously got robbed by a situation. They put a new rule in place just to you know give give fans football because they legitimately did not have a quarterback. But uh, the next one on the list is the AFC North, and the AFC North we have the the Bengals. We have Actually, first thing I was going to say too, like absolute wild card. What if like Arizona was like the Seahawks of this year and they're supposed to be super, super bad. And then they win that division. I was kind of chuckling on that a little bit. But, <laughs> um, AFC North, we got Pittsburgh. We got uh, the Browns. We got the Ravens and we got the Bengals. Uh, this one, uh, myself and Zach, like I said, we, we have the same picks. We we went with the Bengals, but Armin went with the Ravens. 
Um, I know last year he thought Lamar Jackson was like the MVP candidate uh, for the for the season, but um, we went Bengals. Um, I have like sleeper pick or not sleeper pick uh, a little bit of uh, foreshadowing here. I have the Bengals going really deep in the playoffs. Um, I think they 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 were in the Super Bowl and then they were a push out of bounds skeptic. Like, kind of did he push him too late? Was he making a play? I know conspiracy theory, whatever you want. We could talk about that play for a long time, but they were like literally one play away from the Super Bowl again. So I think this is one where they finally get over the hump. They get to the big dance and they finally get that first ring. And they're in a situation where I can see them, especially at the trade deadline, if they are like really going for it, that they're going to make some big splash moves because pretty quick, they're not going to be able to afford to keep a lot of these players around. And this is kind of like one of their like last windows with this core group. Uh, they got Mixon, uh, they've got obviously Burrow, they've got Higgins, and they've got Chase, but they're not going to be able to sign Higgins and Burrow both to a big contract. So I can see them going kind of all out this season, especially the deadline to uh, to bolster that offensive line, which has been a weak point for them in the last couple of years, as well as making sure the defense is solid. They're going to have to compete against Kansas City and uh, and Buffalo to make sure they obviously get to the Super Bowl. So um, I think the Bengals are, are a sneaky pick. I talked about them last episode. I think they're one of my favorite picks to make it to the Super Bowl, if not win the Super Bowl. So uh, AFC South, uh, take this one away, Zach. Uh, another pretty anticlimactic one for me. We all agreed on the same team. Um, the AFC South is comprised of the Colts, the Texans, the Titans, and the Jaguars. Uh, right now, the Jaguars, I think, are head and shoulders above those other three teams. Um, we saw the Colts draft a draft in the top five. They took Richardson. While I am high on their future, I don't think this year is a year for them to compete. Um, the Titans are kind of just like mm, in mediocrity right now. Kind of have a quarterback, have an aging running back, really no passing game, even with Hopkins. I'm not super high on that offense. So they're out. And then the Texans, good Lord, um, that's pretty rough to look at. So the Jaguars, well, they don't have much competition. They are a very strong team. And we saw that in the playoffs last year where they gave a number of teams that most people would think would be better than them, a run for their money, winning one game, and then really pushing the Chiefs to their to their max. So I think this team's gotten better. Um, that Calvin Ridley trade last year seems like it's going to pay off in a big, big way for them. Really wish the Pats would have made that trade. Um, but I do understand the risks involved there getting Ridley. So uh, kudos to the Jaguars and I think this will be a pretty easy division for them to win for the, the foreseeable future, at least. Yeah. Like I think this year, Tennessee has maybe an outside chance of trying to compete with them just because they have Derrick Henry, but like he's getting long in the tooth, especially for the age of a running back. So if they, the Tennessee doesn't take it this year, they, they ain't taking it for a, for a long time. I think, especially with Tannehill again, you know, getting, getting a little bit older as well too. It's, but we're all pretty high on the Jacksonville offenses upcoming season. Uh, next, I have the AFC East, and this one's kind of a fun one, uh, even though Zach and I, once again, we went the same way with Bills. But the AFC East, we have, uh, we have the Patriots, we have the Jets, we have the Bills and the Dolphins. Um, this is a division, I think three teams out of this division could easily make the playoffs. Um, the Army went Dolphins, uh, we went Bills. I hemmed and hot about the Jets just because of them loading up. I think it's going to be a fun offense. Um, I think there's going to be some growing pains to start the year. 
So I think with a slow start, it's going to be tough for them to win the division, especially with a high-flying offense like Miami and then, a, you know, a powerhouse team like the Bills. Uh, so I like the Bills in this one. They're a team that is top four. I think they're in top three in Super Bowl favorites uh, to win the Super Bowl this upcoming season. Um, Josh Allen, we don't have to talk about him. Stephon Diggs, um, you know, the old saying, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I could see Stephon Diggs having a massive year this year, just especially with the way uh, the season ended last year. Um, and they're a team that a lot of people have picked as favorites, not only for, like I said, for this division, but the Super Bowl. So um, this one, this one's going to be a fun one. This is one of those divisions where, it was it was tough sledding coming this one. I don't know if it was the same for you, Zach, or if it was easy, like the Bills are just going to take it. But like, really, there's three teams that easily could win this division. In but I'm going to come back and be like, oh, hey, surprise. Sorry, the Patriots. I just don't see them winning this division. But uh, like, I, I, was it an easy decision for you for the Bills, Zach? Uh, it was. Um, I did initially think like, maybe going to the Jets, but... Um... Like I said, with the Niners, to be the best, you have to beat the best. And and right now, there's too many question marks with that offense. Yeah. Um, we're all assuming Garrett Wilson is going to take that next you know, logical step, that logical progression that a lot of these highly rated uh, young receivers do. But, but we, don't, we don't know. Like, obviously, we've all seen, or presumably, we've all seen the, the highlight tapes on, on social media from training camp. But um, we, we just don't know yet. There's a lot of unknowns on that, on that offense, especially. So another one, I guess Zach, you'll finish this one. It's the AFC West, but another little bit of a fun one. Uh, spoilers, we we all three went the same. But one of those ones where I think there was a couple, for sure two teams that could have went in this one. I don't, I don't know if that's the same for you, Zach, but I'll let you take uh, the AFC West. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I am... well just keep talking about the whole thing and then be like, by the way, Zach, just share, share the name. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, the AFC West uh, comprised of the Chiefs, the Raiders, um. The, the Broncos and the Chargers. Um, I am assuming the three teams that you that you mentioned or that you referred to would have been the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Chargers. Uh, for me, the only two real options were the Chiefs and the Chargers. And yeah, like all three of us went with the Chiefs. Um, I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. To be the best, you got to beat the best. And right now they are the best team in the division, but more importantly, the best team in football. Um, so I think the Chargers would be the best team in a lot of divisions. It just so happens that they are saddled with uh, the Chiefs. So they are probably going to be a real deadly wildcard team come uh, come January. Yeah, the, the Chargers were the one that I like really hit hot. I was like, do I want to go against the grain on this one? But like you said, that's... It's tough to bet against not only the Super Bowl reigning Super Bowl champions, but also Patrick Mahomes and one of the most creative and powerful offenses in the in the NFL. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of what I was hitting that bit there too. Um, last couple we got here, we got the offensive rookie of the year, we got the NFL MVP Super Bowl matchup, as well as our sixty uh, uh, Super Bowl fifty eight champions. And then just at the end, me and our, our me and Zach Sorry are going to go and maybe just kind of give a little hint at who we think could possibly be. Uh, maybe the fantasy MVP on the season. So just kind of a little, little extra tidbit we'll throw in here as we're wrapping up the episode. So um, offensive rookie of the year, um, I'll share Armin's Armin going with Bryce young uh, quarterback from the Houston Texans. Um, or sorry, sorry, Caroline Panthers. Sorry, not Houston Texans. I was sorry. I'm my bad. I dropped the ball on that one. Um, and then 
we'll go you then me zach so sure. you can share yours um so i think uh a quarterback would have been probably like the smart money but i went with a running back um this guy is a quote unquote generational running back and that's Bijan robinson um i think it's going to be especially on that offense where the quarterback's not uh not exceptional they're going to they're going to turn the ball to Robinson quite a bit. So I think Robinson's going to get a lot of touches, a lot of opportunities to show why he will be the offensive rookie of the year. He's actually the favorite too. I didn't know this. I was just pulling it up. He's plus 250 is the favorite for um, offensive rookie of the year. So that's it's funny because actually our three picks we picked are the top three picks. Um, I, I thought about going dark horse Jameer Gibbs especially I think with the lines having a step forward with the offense and the way they talk about using him. Um, I thought maybe that's a sneaky one and he's at plus 900. So I think that's a nice little pick, but I did go with surprisingly, I, I, I was shocked to find that he was number three on the list at plus 5,500. Uh, yeah, sorry. Um, 550, sorry. Um, Anthony Richardson, just he's, he's the guaranteed starter week one. We know that for a fact. Um, he is one of the most athletic running back or quarterback, sorry, um, prospects that we've seen ever uh, from the combine. And he could like, I mean, this is obviously a, a bit of a hot take, but he could rush for just as many yards as Bijan Robinson could rush for this year. Obviously that would be a bit of a down season that what we're expecting from Bijan. And it would be like a crazy year for Anthony Richardson, but that's not out of the realm of possibilities. Like we might be seeing an RG three type, rookie season here or a Lamar Jackson type rookie season from Anthony Richardson, just because he is so capable on the ground uh, and athletic guy can make things happen. Um, obviously we're not expecting huge things from Indianapolis, but a guy that can get so much done on the ground on top of being able to throw the ball, he just has an advantage that Bijan Robinson doesn't. Um, but that means like Bijan Robinson is going to have to have a bit of a down year in comparison to what he's being um being projected for so a little bit of a dark horse i'm i and i didn't think it was a dark horse but i guess by betting odds uh anthony richardson uh is a bit of a dark horse so that's our three offensive rookies of the year um next we are going with the um the nfl mvp uh and armand uh went with trevor lawrence i know he's been obviously talking about how high he is on the jacksonville offense uh, he's been, I know Trevor Lawrence was my, like he was a, my guy for fantasy football, very excited about him. And then now obviously Armin is expecting big things too, as the NFL MVP, which I would be absolutely thrilled by. That means he'd have like a astronomical season as a quarterback. Uh, but, uh, Armin, uh, Armin was Trevor Lawrence, Zach, uh, who'd you go with as your MVP? I went with somebody that I consider to be one of the most exciting players in the NFL right now. Um, he is the quarterback of one of the highest powered uh, offenses in the NFL. So taking all of that into account, I don't know how we all didn't just agree on Jalen Hurts. Um, of course, like be very easy for me to say Patrick Mahomes, but that's boring. Yeah, chalk. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, and this is pretty chalk too. So I'm not going to get too carried away here, but I think Hurts could have arguably won that last year or won this award last year. Um, so I'm going with uh, the quarterback for the team that I think we'll be talking about in a little while here. So, so hurts. here's, here's a bit of a um, head, not as you say head scratch, but I was a little bit surprised by this. Where do you think right now, based on betting laws, where do you think Jalen hurts is as the favorite for MVP? Like 
one, two, three, four, I, five, six, seven, eight, twelve, you know, et cetera. I would say he is top like top five, I think is like very safe to say. I think he should be like top two. Yeah, he's he's number five. He goes Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, then Jalen Hurts. And like I was high on Herbert last year, but like to have him coming off of a bit of a down year and seeing yeah. what Jalen Hurts is capable of doing and running that team, like I, that's I, a little crazy. A little bit I crazy. find it really curious that uh, like Allen would be ahead of Hurts. Like if you're looking at you're making the argument, oh, like Allen has rushing upside. Well, so does Hurts, and Hurts yeah. is better at it. Yeah. Um, oh, well, maybe passing yards. Well, uh, I don't know. Like, look at the weapons they have. Like, I'm taking, I would arguably take for like NFL talent, for sure, probably taking Brown over Diggs, I think. Um, and then probably taking Diggs over Smith, but I don't think that's a huge gap. So that's like, that's two receivers versus one. And then at tight end, like, I don't know, Dawson Knox. I like Kincaid, but maybe not as a rookie. And then Goddard's just better. What about uh, Alberto? Brand new tight end of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, like, <laughs> like what are we doing here? Like, I don't I don't know how anybody thought Allen was better than than Hurts. So I don't know. Not not a gambler, but if I was, maybe I maybe I'd put money on Hurts. Maybe that would pay off. Yeah, plus twelve, plus twelve hundred. It's kind of nice. Lamar Jackson's right not far behind at plus fourteen hundred, and then Trevor Lawrence is behind him at, at plus fourteen hundred as well too. So all pretty good. Like even Tua is a sneaky one deeper down the list. It goes Lawrence Rogers then Tua at two plus two thousand. It's a little bit of a sneaky pick because like if that offense keeps like if Tua was healthy all last year, I think like he legitimately was in the conversation as the MVP. Like he was having an incredible season with that offense. That uh, team would have been, that team would have been a wagon, I think. Yeah. Like they, they were a guaranteed playoff team, if not possibly winning that division. Like that's how good they were. Yeah. And then I, he goes down for half a season with the concussion. And yeah. obviously in the, the conversation ends there, but I went with Joe Burrow. I didn't realize he was number two in this list. I thought he was a bit of a, a sneaky pick, but I, I guess betting odds, not so much, but I think Joe Burrow, like I, I talked about this already last bit with the Bengals. I think they're going to have a huge step forward. This is going to be their last hurrah. And um, the only concern with that Joe Burrow pick is obviously coming off the calf strain. Um, who knows if he plays even week one, week two, and if he's healthy uh, the first little bit of the season. So it is a bit of a, a gamble in that one, but I think we're going to see a, a huge season for, for Joe Burrow um, in this upcoming year. Last one, we'll go Super Bowl matchup, and we'll stay in the same one. We'll go Super matchup, and then who we picked as the winner, and then we'll go on to the next one. So Armin, this is a weird one, because Armin didn't pick the Cowboys to win the division, but he picked them to make it to the Super Bowl. So obviously coming out of the wild card, uh, he has the Cowboys versus Chiefs, and he has the Chiefs uh, winning back-to-back Super Bowls in Super Bowl 50, 58. Um, Zach, I know you hinted at this a little bit, uh, but who do you have uh, this upcoming Super Bowl? Uh, in the Super Bowl, I have a rematch of last year's game, the Eagles versus the Chiefs. We could be so lucky to see a rematch of that game. Uh, that was quite enjoyable to watch, I thought. So um, if this rematch happens, we're all going to be thankful for it. Yeah, that was, man, like, one. was it the highest highest scoring Super Bowl since like 2003 or something like that. It was, I kind of, it was a long, long ways back, but it was, it was wild. It was real wild. 
Um, I went with, um, I, I hinted at this already. I, I went with the Bengals. Uh, I think the Bengals are a team to, I think, I think they're, it's just, like right now that they're number six on betting odds, I think is a little, little silly. Uh, but I have Bengals or 49ers. Uh, this is who I was actually picking. I picked this, these two teams last year to be in the Super Bowl, and I was a, a conference, conference championship away from having both of them be in the finals. And, and I have the fi- the Bengals beating the 49ers this season. Um, talked at length, obviously, I think of Joe Burrow. Talked at length, I think about this offense with the with the contract negotiations. And this is kind of the last kick the can with this roster. Um, and obviously with Joe Burrow, they haven't signed a contract yet with the big extension. So I think that'll come at either mid season or at the conclusion season when they're kind of flirting with the cap a little bit, but this will be the last year on the rookie contract to make, make some big stuff happen. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Bengals on that one. Um, wrapping this one up here, Zach, just a little fun one. Um, who, Right now, kind of obviously all things considered, draft position, ADP, um, explosiveness, you know, all those things. Remember, at the end of the season, we get the the 306 fantasy football fans to vote on the awards. And, and one of our big ones is the the fantasy MVP award. Um, all things considered, and like I said, ADP, explosiveness, breakout, all those stuff. Who's somebody that you think after the season has all come to conclusion, we get on our social medias, we have the uh, the people that kind of uh, throw some names out there. Who do you think we're going to be talking about as possibly the fantasy MVP? Well, I think we've, for sure, I have mentioned this one guy numerous times, uh, Jalen Waddle, but also Devonta Smith. I think those two third-year wide receivers um, are both in the position where on their offenses they are probably like technically number twos. So you can get them around or two later than their, their counterparts, Tyreek Hill and AJ Brown respectively. So there is a bit of baked in value, I think in those players, especially if you can get them outside of the first two rounds, like probably not getting outside of the first three rounds, but if you can get them into the third round, I think that's pretty good value. Um, So you're getting guys that I think will be top 12 receivers in the third round. And I wouldn't be shocked if one of them flirts with, you know, top six, maybe Um, some of these receivers that have finished in the top six, you know, years past, you're getting a little bit older Um, offenses might not be what they used to be. So I think I wouldn't be shocked if one of those guys was somebody that we get, quote unquote later in the draft, but performs really, really well. Yeah, I, I had a hard time pegging one. One of the first names that comes to me is Miles Sanders. I think he's a guy wow. We, well we saw we saw how good that running team or how the like Chuba Hubbard is literally a nobody. Like literally a nobody. If he wasn't Canadian, we wouldn't be talking about him ever on this podcast. Um, and he had a really good season last Same with Deontay Foreman. They both had really good years last year running behind that offensive line. Um, Miles Sanders, we have seemingly liked in Philadelphia, but he never got the chance to carry the load. Who else is going to carry the load in Carolina? Like I said, if it was, if Chuba Hubbard wasn't Canadian, we weren't talking about him. So I think Miles <laughs> Sanders is a sneaky pick, especially when you're getting him kind of in like that fifth round ballpark area. I can't, I don't have the exact ADP in front of me here as I'm looking at some of the wide receiver ADPs. But two other names that I kind of want to throw out. That was the first thing that jumped out at me. A couple other names I want to throw out is Brandon Ayuk, who is currently being taken as the wide receiver 25. 
Um, I think he has a has an opportunity, especially with Brock Purdy at the helm, to have a massive season this upcoming year. So uh, Brandon Ayuk is another name that I really liked and I wanted to throw out there. Um, and the final name that I wanted to throw out there, um, oh my goodness, I just had it and I lost it. Well, that's anticlimactic. Oh, there it is. Uh, so I had, I had Brandon Ayuk and then Joe Mixon, just because like there's a lot of fatigue with Joe Mixon and like he's been not great the last couple of years last season if he didn't have that whatever five touchdown game his his total production would have been terrible but you always had to get him late first early second and right now because of the you know the, the all the off the field stuff you can get him in the third sometimes even in the fourth round so I think that's uh, might be a guy that you get late and has a top three um fantasy production just because who else is going to get the ball there and he, he's got the pass catching ability but if he can continue to get some of the goal line work and get a positive touchdown regression, um, I've already talked about the Bengals offense, how I think, you know, this is the last go at it. You can also see where if he doesn't do well, they've had, he's already took the reduction in pay. They might try and make a move, you know, this, this one can blow up in your face a little bit, but those are three names. But I, I still think like the one that's like a bit of a dark horse, I do think um, is, uh, is Miles Sanders, which I was kind of choked. You got him. What was that in the, <laughs> in the end of the fifth round and that's in a keeper league. So really like his ADP is what, like it's gotta be the sixth, seventh round here. I'll try and yeah, I got him, got him in the fifth end of the fifth, five, five, 10. And that's a keeper league. So like every, like the, everybody's pushed up ADP wise, like Miles Sanders is going right now as RB 18. Like I would be like, I'd be comfortable saying that he's going to finish as an RB one, just based off what I saw last year with like his skill set and with how good that offensive line is. Like it wouldn't be surprising if he finishes an RB one, and if he finishes an RB one when you're getting him in the fifth, sixth, who knows, maybe even seventh round, like that's a huge value. So that's that's a guy. Once again, a bit of a gamble because uh, outside as the RB out of the RB ones, even as flirting as an RB two, but um, somebody that could take a substantial jump forward and and have a Josh Jacobs like path to success uh, from a couple of years ago. So. Uh, anything to add here, Zach, before we wrap this one up? I actually don't think I said who my, my Super Bowl champion was. Um, oh, I have sorry. the Eagles. Oh, sorry, don't worry about it. I have the, I have the Eagles winning. Um, kind of like you mentioned there with the Chiefs, how or with the Bengals part of me, how you think it's kind of like their year to do it. Um, I think now that the, the Eagles have had that experience, that defense is as good as any defense in the league. Um, and they got better too. And, and this offense is just as good, if not better now. So uh, I think the Eagles, it's their year. Yeah. Sorry. I, I sorry. I thought you, I thought yeah, you no uh, shared it, but they, they take the, uh, they take the rematch rubber match the following year, I guess too. Um, I guess that's going to do it for episode number 93 next week. Uh, we're recording for our Wednesday episode number 94, and we will be starting to talk about week one preparation. Like next week we have fantasy football and it is like literally around the corner. Like I could not be more excited. Um, like I said, by Thursday night, I will be incredibly glued to the TV and I'm either going to be the happiest guy in the world Friday, or I'm going to be super better going into work Friday, Friday after, after a dirty licking. But um, on behalf of myself, Zach, and then uh, Armand, who was not able to be with us this evening, uh, thank you very much for listening to episode 93. Uh, for those of you, after we announce here shortly, who will be in our charity league, uh, good luck. 
Uh, I guess anybody can win other than Hawk. We don't want Hawk to go back to back. I've heard enough of him uh, chirping after winning the big league, but it'll be a fun time and we'll be announcing those names shortly. But thank you very much for listening to episode 93. Uh, take care, everybody. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon.